Good morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. To Geeks Talking is an entertainment industry interview show where we interview the creative people from the comic, film, TV, movie, and video game industries. And of course, I'm your host, Kurt Sasso. We are joined today on this beautiful afternoon because, you know, I'd rather, I thank God I cut the lawn earlier. Anyway, that's a cut point. So we are joined by two very talented individuals. One is the president of Owen Comics, as well as Royal Relation Comics. And another is a returning guest who is also a writer and, uh, well, a very talented person is on right. He was back on earlier, a couple of months back, talking about Albino Girl, uh, Albino Warrior, Dragon, Dragon Girl, Albino Warrior, because, you know, I, I can always get names right. We're joined today by the ever-talented Steve Sellers and, of course, Michael Nunley. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing great, man. Thanks for having us on. Life is great. So, for those that don't know anything about yourselves as creative people, tell us who you are and what you're bringing to Two Geeks Talking. Okay. This can be uh, for either of you. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, my name is, my name is Michael Nunley and, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here to talk about, uh, Omen comics in general, but, um, a little bit about, uh, what's, uh, what's coming up and, um, uh, uh, discuss, uh, kind of, uh, uh, where our comics are at and, uh, that, that type of thing. Steve? Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, Steve Sellers, and um, I'm here mainly here to talk about um, the Omen comics that I write, which is uh, mainly uh, White Druid and Michael Nero and Guardians of Elan, um, as well as uh, Revelation comics, um, particularly my uh, superhero uh, comic Blitz. And, uh, you know, we may along the way uh, slip in uh, that we also do some uh, writing for Raincross Press for an upcoming book called Blood World. Awesome. Well, this is great. So we have a lot of content to go over. <laughs> Not a lot of time to do it, unfortunately, but that's the way interviews are. So who wants to go first in terms of regarding your comic writing process? Because I think that's that's fascinating. We'll talk about being a president as well, Steve, too, uh, especially why you wanted to create those companies and, and what you've sure. uh, worked on in the future. But as a, as a writer, and this is for either of you, uh, for both of you, I should say, what is the hardest part about writing? The beginning, the middle, or the end of your process? Middle. <laughs> Definitely middle. Um, I usually know more or less um, the basic idea of what I want. I usually know kind of where, how to, where to start it. And I usually know more or less where I'm aiming towards, even if I don't have like an exact specific thing. Um, but trying to, sometimes it, there, it tends to be a bit of work getting from point A to point B, especially if like you're right in the middle and you're trying to make it engaging and not trying to drop in things that are extraneous, um, you know, those kinds of things. But um, you kind of have to work those out. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, one of those things you kind of have to get through and you get through it and you go to the next one. I mean, it's, it, it really is just a matter of, um, knowing your characters, trusting your characters to do what they need to do, and then trusting in yourself to be able to know what the next piece is and and how to uh, connect the dots. How about you, Michael? Uh, uh, well, um, I guess for me, um, uh, my, I tend to actually start at the end of the story and work my way back. 
um, I, I usually get a good idea of um, uh, exactly how the end scenario is going to be set up and who's going to be there and what's going to be going on. And then I kind of uh, work it back to, uh, well, how the heck did they get there type of thing. Um, so I suppose the most difficult part for me um, is often uh, where to start the story. Um, but uh, once I once I get that beginning done, um, uh, the the middle kind of fills itself in uh, when I'm doing the outline and stuff uh, for for the story. Uh, but it's 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 definitely it's a definitely working in reverse uh, process. Um, I I know what I want to accomplish with it, and it's a matter of uh, trying to figure out how to get there. So then let's talk about Omen Comics and Revelation Comics. So Steve, as the president here. How did you come up with the company and why did you want to create these companies? Well, um, it really all started with Omen Comics. Um, Mike uh, kind of brought me in uh, when we were doing a uh, review website called uh, the Chico Comics page. And so I was kind of brought in uh, to write uh, White Druid and Michael Nero at the start of it. Um, and then eventually, you know, we started building the whole Omen verse. Um, you know, Mike knew what he wanted to do with that. But uh, we eventually kind of realized uh, that there were things that we wanted to tell that didn't fit into the Omenverse. Um, so basically, we kind of created Revelation as an umbrella for basically everything that the in-house team at Omen wanted to do that did not fit um, into the Omenverse uh, as established by Mike and, and the rest of us. Um, and basically, my whole idea of it was that um, this would be kind of like for passion projects. Uh, this would be for, you know, kind of experimental type of comics, things that, you know, we don't typically do um, in, in our other titles. So, you know, you have Mike go, going off and doing uh, Viking grimdark horror stuff, and you have me doing uh, superhero stuff. And, you know, um, our artist, uh, Tozan Awasika, decided to do a, you know, a, a Nigerian war comic. So, you know, we, we, it's, it's basically a diverse line um, with the idea, you know, of telling the kinds of stories that, you know, the Omenverse just will not let us do because of the nature of that universe. Nice. Yeah. I actually, I, if as I recall, um, it was uh, specifically with forming uh, Revelation Comics uh, that uh, Steve, I, Steve had a, a, this character Blitz and this kind of world he was talking about, uh, maybe doing. Uh, I, I think he was talking about maybe a prose uh, approach to it or whatever. And um, I totally hit him up. I was like, "Hey, man, um, what about doing that comic with us?" And and it was actually it was actually figuring out how to do that logistically that kind of led to the formation of Revelation. Revelation Comics. In mm -hmm. fact, even the name Revelation Comics comes from uh, an, or I believe, an organization. Uh, in yeah, the it's, it's one of the factions in, in, in my in my universe. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess as as far as as far as Omen Comics goes, um, there's actually a, there's there's a little bit of a, a backstory there. Um, uh, I got hired. Uh, well, I use hired in quotations <laughs> uh, to do uh, to do a comic, and uh, the guy ended up being uh, he was. The, guy, the the idea was we were going to do this Kickstarter and everybody was going to get paid from that. And uh, it, the guy just kept going uh, artist after artist after artist uh, because he wasn't paying anybody up front at all. Um, and, and consequently, it uh, turns out by the time I'd, I had written three issues for the guy uh, that um, 
uh, he wasn't actually uh, all that serious about making a comic in general. And so um, I, I kind of actually helped him create a, a character uh, called Omen and um, a whole a, a universe of other characters based on characters I had already I had already had together. And I told him, all right, man, well, I'm walking with the rights to the characters we did. And um, I actually I actually named the company Omen Comics uh, to spite him after uh, naming him, naming it after the character that uh, uh, I had created for him there. <laughs> And I always used to think it was because he loved Damien. Well, I mean, you can always love a a devil-infused child of of scamp that he is, you know. (laughs) Right. Always fun times. Um, Or end of times, one of those two. (laughs) So then looking at what you created, the world of Omen Comics here, what has been the reaction from those that have been following your various series throughout? Um, in general, the, the reaction to those that have actually read the books, um, have been pretty good. Um, we hit with the, I, I suppose our, our only real issue, um, is, uh, is really the, the, the audience. Um, we kind of jumped all in, jumped in and, and started running, uh, without really building up an audience first. And I think that's, uh, that's part of the reason why the, why the readership is, is as low as it is. Uh, but I mean, for for the you know uh 40 50 people that have read the comics um i'm i'm going to say that uh, they 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 genuinely really like it uh they like what's going on they like the feel of the comic uh they like the art i mean uh it's been pretty positive mm-hmm. yeah i didn't know if you wanted to add anything steve <laughs> uh not too much um i know we've reviewed pretty well from what i've seen um but I don't have like a whole lot substantive uh, to add beyond that. I've done pretty well for so far with the characters that we have. And, you know, the, the people that tend to follow us um, are usually pretty loyal. So um, I really appreciate um, everybody who's done that. But it's also good to the fact that even though you, you hit the ground running with your, your various series that you have here, it's better to have content than to have nothing at all. It's it is it is true. I mean, uh, you definitely gotta gotta put yourself out there. You know, if if you want to get into making comics, <clears throat> the key part is making a comic. <laughs> but um, uh, but I mean, th- there's definitely something to uh, the whole building your audience thing. Uh, really taking the time to get people interested in what you're gonna do and and how you're gonna do it. You know, you gotta sell the steak and the sizzle. Uh, that kind of an idea. <laughs> So then in, in regards to the very, the series that you have here, and, and Steve, we'll, we'll ask this question of you here. Uh, tell us what mm-hmm. White Druid is about. Yeah, uh, White Druid and Michael Nero. Um, basically, uh, the idea behind this is that um, Michael Nero is a uh, occult detective. Um, he is kind of like the Sherlock Holmes of magic, uh, more or less. And um, he is also the apprentice of a... Um, 5,000 or so year old god uh, from uh, the Irish pantheon, uh, Luo Shi. And um, he is the white druid uh, in the title. So um, very much uh, what it is, is it's very much um, almost like, um, it's kind of like if um, Holmes and Watson were also a, ma- a master, uh, an apprentice uh, student relationship and also kind of like an adopted son relationship. Um, Nero, Nero in many ways um, is a self-destructive character. Um, he is a character who um, has this power called the third sight, 
which um, allows him to, you know, see spirits and uh, demonic presences, um, other planes, you know, all these other planes of existence, and he can't control it. So, you know, he's always seeing like these Lovecraftian things around the corner and he can't do a whole lot about it. And that's why he needs Lou, because Lou is the one who has been kind of teaching him to cope with this ability and, you know, teaching him magic in, in order to deal with the things that he finds. So um, there is a lot of that. But at the same time, um, Nero is a very abrasive person. Um, he is uh, bluntly honest to a fault. And um, he likes to be very snarky and very irritating. <laughs> and uh, so he, you know, a lot of it is about like um, his, his trying um, to do the right thing. But the thing is, is that um, he's trying to do it against his own nature, which is uh, um, often uh, very difficult to deal with. Nice. Love it. So then how about uh, Blitz? Because I, so I, I saw the images you sent and I greatly appreciate those and they look beautiful by the way. So I love the art. So we'll talk mm -hmm. about your teams as well, uh, who you've had uh, working on these comics uh, as well too. Uh, but talk about Blitz because that seemed like a really interesting concept. Yeah, um, the idea that um, I had with Blitz and I came up with this character in the early 2000s or so. Um, and it kind of came out of like a like a online role playing game that I was doing, and um, and actually this character pretty much just jumped out of nowhere, which is this you know eighteen nineteen year old speedster um, who um, just finds an object in a in a junkyard, um, you know, which has all of these things that have been abandoned from various superhero battles, and it's all collecting dust, and she just finds one one day, and it turns her into a speedster. The thing with her, though, is she has the heart of a hero. Um, you know, she really wants to do the right thing. But the thing is, she has no clue how to do it. <laughs> um, she has no she does not have like uh, Barry Allen to teach her how to use her powers. You know, it's all she has to figure these things out by herself. And um, she ends up partnering with uh, somebody who is probably not the best influence. And I call him the devil on her shoulder. And uh, that is Night Spider um, Roland Travis. He is a former criminal. He is a gentleman thief who is under a mask and it forces him to either do good or he uh, suffers like constant spiritual pain. Um, so he's trying to, you know, just find a line between who he is and who he wants to be, basically. And so he decides to take, uh, for his own reasons, to take um, uh, Blitz under his wing, um, you know, teaching her, um, because he's a, also um, a trained ninja as well as a, a gentleman thief. So he knows all the skills of being a hero. You know, he knows, you know, how to fight. He knows, um, you know, how to infiltrate um, organizations and, you know, get the kinds of things that he wants from them. But what he doesn't know how to do is be a hero. And so um, I just love the idea of these two characters who are very, very different, um, kind of being forced to work together and um, in a city where really there's not a whole lot of heroic presence uh, for a while. And it's for um, reasons doing, due to the universe that uh, I'll get into into the series itself. But um, I just think that that core dynamic is really where a lot of it comes from. Excuse me. Trying to not cough while you were talking. <laughs> so, so then, uh, since we last talked, Michael, uh, what's the uh, what's going on with Dragon Girl Albino Warrior? It oh well, uh, I, I last time we talked, uh, the comic was uh, doing a Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. uh, that that was not successful, oh. uh, but uh, the the comic was still published. You you find you can find it at the Wicked Store um, on uh, on. Uh, 
KDP uh, as as well as um, Global Comics. Um, but uh, the 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 story is the story is still going on. Um, I'm actually I'm actually in the middle of writing issue number three uh, for for the series. So I mean uh, it's we're still going to keep going. But uh, one of the things you know I mentioned earlier about how uh, the the we didn't really take the time to build up our audience. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, really, I think that is that is uh, that is part of the reason why we we have not had uh, successful Kickstarters as of late. Uh, so what I'm what I'm uh, what, what what our thought was is that we would take we would after Dragon Girl Abana Warrior was unsuccessful, we were going to take some time uh, and really uh, uh, just kind of build our audience and kind of get cut back caught up with things and stuff, you know, uh, uh, really get our feet uh, back under us again before uh, before everything gets rolling again. Uh, but we are going to be putting out uh, about one comic a year for the next two years. Uh, the very next one coming out is a, a Revelation comic. Uh, called uh sad uh stands for uh sad and desperate um and that's that's another one from our artist uh tosin awasika nice. uh that one has like a nigerian mythology it has conspiracy in it it has monsters in it uh that that story just goes crazy it is all over the place uh, i actually scripted that for him uh that that was a lot of fun but i believe that's that's the next one uh coming out from revelation comics and then uh uh with omen comics uh the year after that we got a really big comic coming out called dark oracles that is going to be a 50 six pager and it's actually going to be uh, a 23 page story from steve and a 23 page story from me um so uh so it it, it's and and it's the purpose of the the title is really to tell all the backstories and side stories uh in omen comics that just don't fit well into the flow of the story or or would kind of take us out of out of the pacing of the thing to tell and so dark oracles really uh helps fill in all the all the all the little gaps and and uh lets you know all the little backstories and stuff like uh steve you you should actually talk a little bit about about that dark, dark oracles thing uh there with your uh with how that connects to guardians of Alea. yes um sorry sorry sorry. but before you do that let's do a quick disconnect and reconnect because something's going to appear on the screen okay so let's sure we can do that all right good break point same way Okay. Voila. All right. So Steve's just there's Steve. Yeah. All right. So Steve, you were gonna talk about uh how Guardians Dark Oracles. and Dark Oracles. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Um so basically um Dark Oracles um kind of has as a spine um basically our Rod Serling slash Crypt Keeper character. Um, and that is uh, the Egyptian god Thoth. And he is somebody who is obsessed with getting information, you know, and reporting uh, back to Ra about, you know, the various things that he finds in time and space. And so um, the way that this connects to Gar- Oracles, uh, he's a character that shows up in uh, Guardians of Elaine as well, uh, you know, er- early on in the first issue, I believe he shows up. 
And so um, we're kind of giving him more or less uh, this title in order to breathe a little bit. And he is kind of like uh, the one that's doing the bookends uh, with both of the uh, stories that we're doing in the middle of that. Um, Mike, I believe, is doing a story called uh, The Chronicles of Nod, but I'll let him uh, talk about that if he wants to. Um, the one that I'm doing is called, uh, the, for the first issue, is called uh, Rose of Seleucia, which is um, basically the trial of uh, Nazarin of Parthia. And Nazarin is one of the main characters uh, from Guardians. And um, she is basically a princess um, of um, an actual historical land called Parthia. And it, used, and it takes place uh, somewhere like in the vicinity of Iran and Iraq, that kind of area. And um, there's not a whole lot that's really known about that particular culture. So um, I had a little bit of room to kind of play with that. But really the idea is, is um, how Nazrin's uh, character got started, how she became the person that she is in Guardians, um, you know, some of the things in her past, uh, her regrets <laughs> um, because of things that happened in the story and um, basically kind of like what causes her to go to Jerusalem where, where we see her in Guardians 1. With um, with Chronicles of Nod, um, uh, to make the omen verse, I had to combine the myths uh, and folklore of the world uh, into one universe. And that <laughs> that's actually uh, I, I, that's more difficult than it, than it may sound. Um, you know, all, all of the gods and every mythology believe they're the only gods there are. Um, so uh, trying to get them all to fit into the same universe without contradicting each other uh, took a lot of the work. Took a lot of work. Um, I used uh, I used the uh, the Christian uh, at least a a version of the Christian God as the as the central figure uh, figure uh, in the story. Uh, now, granted, this is nothing like the actual Christian God. This is all of these characters are are, are totally fictional, uh, but. Um, uh, I, basically, uh, I had to rewrite the story of how uh, we call him L in that story, how L came into power um, over all the other gods. And then uh, particularly the, the beginning of the story with uh, with Adam and Eve and uh, the start of man, um, I particularly wanted to explore, uh, you know, Cain kills Abel uh, in the original story there, but but why? What made Cain so different from Abel that he was a murderer and and, and Abel was not? Um, I, I really wanted to explore that kind of stuff. In fact, um, the, the 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 title of the story that I'm uh, that I'm doing in Dark Oracles there, that first story is "What Separates Us from Them," and it's really about what makes the Cain family different. Mythology and, and religion are, are obviously um, rather interesting. Uh, mythology is more interesting than religion, in my opinion, but I like yeah. history, so that's just me. <laughs> Not much of a religious guy. But uh, when it comes to mythology and comics, though, why is this so fascinating to each of you when you create your works? Um. I personally have loved uh, mythology since I was a boy. I got into it with stuff like uh, Jason and the Argonauts, and particularly, uh, I believe it was in 1982. I think it was the Clash of the Titans came out. Uh, that one, that one really, really inspired me. I mean, uh, after watching Clash of the Titans, um, I immediately uh, started going to the library, uh, both the the city library and the ones at school getting out any mythology books they had and just devouring it all. Uh, I just, I just loved, uh, I loved the whole idea of these super powered beings and even regular people just doing fantastic things. Uh, you know, there was magic 
and 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 fantasy involved. I just I was fascinated by the whole thing, and and honestly, it's honest. That love, that love of that type of story uh, is honestly what drug me into comic books. Uh, the very first comic I ever purchased was a Mighty Thor comic. Yeah, it, it was something similar to me uh, as well. I do remember uh, Clash of the Titans when I was young, but I think a lot of it really was that I discovered the uh, books on Greek mythology um, when I was fairly young. There was a trip to England that I took and I got um, a number of uh, mythology books and I kind of absorbed those. Um, and I really kind of got into those. And then, of course, um, you know, just kind of reading Marvel's version of, of Thor and Hercules and things like that. Um, so I think uh, mythology on some level has always kind of been on the brain to various degrees. And then my my eyes were really expanded with things like Sandman, which heavily uh, delved into uh, various mythologies as well. And it kind of showed you what was possible. So pretty much um, we've kind of gotten to the point where our entire universe is based on just about every form of mythology you know, you can probably find. Nice. That's awesome. And it also allows people that are interested or maybe haven't heard of various mythologies to kind of look into it themselves if, if they're interested. Right. I, I feel like I should I should mention, though, that um, while it is a blend of mythologies, I mean, and, and I already mentioned there were some changes that had to be made to the gods in order to get them all to work together. Um, the, the, there are some there are some differences. Um, for instance, uh, Omen Comics has a lot of apocalyptic themes going into it. In fact, uh, the whole first major part of the story is is dealing with an apocalypse level event. Um, so it also it has it, it has th that in it as well as uh, with me being a huge horror fan. Uh, there are definitely horror elements in it. There is some sci-fi stuff in it. Um, it is not just mythology. Uh, the the heroes in the story, however, with the exception of Dragon Girl Albino Warrior are genuinely broken people and are, are often uh, just heroes and uh, despite themselves. Nice. Okay. Well, good caveat to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what are, looking at everything that you've both created, what are three things that you are, uh, hang on, I gotta look at that question. There we go. What are three things that you are proud of that you've accomplished? And what are three things that you were looking at accomplishing in 2023? You want to, uh, well, I guess uh, for me, um, I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that uh, we, we, we've put out as many comics as we have. Um, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, over the process, you know, I kind of, I kind of dove into the deep end and then taught myself how to swim as far as making comics goes. Um, and, and I feel like I'm, I'm really, I'm really coming into my own now and I'm, I'm really starting to be proud of, uh, proud of my work uh, it, that, that, that I'm putting out. Um, I, I'm, I'm really uh, starting to be confident uh, in the, in the quality of our books. Uh, so, so that's really cool. Uh, one, one little side thing. Um, me, me and Steve uh, uh, are going to be starting the fourth season of our podcast uh, this uh, this coming uh, this January, and uh, I'm really excited about that. I mean, uh, we, we've got 70 plus episodes uh, recorded, and it's just it we've put a lot of work into those, and uh, it, I feel like we've really uh, kind of reached a mile marker with this. You know, like we we finally we finally really uh, accomplished something big with it. Yeah, um, I would say uh, definitely getting as many books out as, as I have. Um, I, I definitely take a certain pride in um, 
White Druid and Michael Nero, number one. I mean, I feel like I've gotten better as a writer since then, but that book um, got a lot of really good reception, and, and I really feel like that kind of got the rest of it going. Um, so I have a certain amount of pride in that. Um, I would say Blitz number one for sure, because that's my baby. <laughs> you know, that that's that I mean, that is the book that um I would say is probably for me the most personal. So um I'm glad to finally, you know, see the first issue out there. Uh, and I'm looking forward to getting the other ones done. In fact, um, um my latest uh, work that I've been trying to do is just getting, you know, the later issues of those written. So um, you know, that's something I'm really looking forward uh, to finally getting out with once that's done. Um, beyond that, I would also say Guardians of the Land number one. Um, that was a really tough script uh, to get out because there involved a lot of research. It involved getting a lot of different characters together. It involved, you know, um, you know, just tr just trying to, to to figure out things like, um, you know, what 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 Romans would use for a latrine <laughs> as an equivalent of a latrine, that that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I feel like it came together really, really well. I think that uh, Taz and Aloisika did an amazing job on the art. Um, I think he got the exact look um, that I wanted to for Jerusalem. Uh, so that came out really well. Um, so I'm really happy with that issue particularly. Nice. Good stuff. What's the most misunderstood aspect about being a writer that people maybe that aren't in, in the industry uh, make assumptions of? Hmm. <laughs> we both did a hum there. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, where do you even want to start with that? Um, yeah, I would say probably one thing is, is that it's like to people that haven't written, it seems like it's either a really easy job or it's like something nobody can do. I think it's in the middle of that <laughs> um, because, um, you know, you can start off somewhere where you're not that good and you gradually get better. You get the cobwebs out um, after a while. You know, and, and you know, my earliest stuff when I was 15 was garbage, <laughs> absolute garbage. But I, I like to think that, you know, just, you know, working at it and constantly working at it and continuing to get better and, you know, knowing how to use the visual storytelling elements and, and all of these other things, um, you know, gradually, you know, I feel like I've gone to a place where at least I can put my stuff out there and not, you know, feel like I have to laugh at myself. <laughs> Um, and I and 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 I think it's true for most people as well. I mean, if you put enough time, work, and effort, and you try to understand how it works, and you know you're able to put your ego aside, you know enough to see your work, you know as objectively as you reasonably can. Um, if you can do those things, I think it is possible to become a better writer, even if you're not at the beginning. Definitely. Um, I I uh, I guess I would say that. Um... One of the one of the biggest things I I come across as a horror writer uh, is the assumption that you are like what you write. <laughs> um, you oh know, God, uh, I hope not. <laughs> right? Uh, like this is uh, the guy that created Satrical O'Leary, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I I. Uh, I, I I just I I've dealt with that uh, a lot in particular, um, uh, especially with scenes like in in Gallowsman too. Uh, I have a I have a I, I yeah. Uh, there, there's there's some very graphic uh, violence in there. Uh, uh, there. There's a uh, it's just. I guess my point is that um, 
being able to imagine something um, and to put it into a story does not does not reflect uh, who who the who the author is as a as a person. Uh, you know, um, for instance, I, I don't believe that all people who write romance novels are particularly romantic all the time. They don't necessarily have to be. I mean, I think about that. Um, uh, 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 Jack Nicholson uh, as, as as that uh, romance writer in that uh, movie where uh, he his whole his whole perception of romance was well I think of a man and then I take away uh, what what was it uh, accountability reason and, and accountability reason and accountability yeah you know like that kind of thing uh, just just that just that you you can you can write really dark and twisted stories and it doesn't actually reflect you as a person. That that that, I think I think the 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 conception that you are what you write uh, is 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 really just kind of backwards. <laughs> it's overblown. Yeah. I mean, so you need a certain spark of yourself in order to get into the character. But you know, beyond a certain point, you know, they go into differently different directions that are not you, and you have to write a lot of different perspectives that you don't share. Um, so that yeah, I I, I reject that as well. I would also say my search history does not reflect yeah. who I am as a person. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna say, yeah, any any government that happens to be watching and or listening to these interviews, don't don't pry into anyone's search history that are writers or creative people. It just it's not gonna look good. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, really. I just wanted to figure out how fast the body falls off of a bridge that gets pushed. You know, it, was, <laughs> right? it is what it is. <laughs> oh, man. So then looking at the fact that social media plays a huge aspect, not only in promotion, but in, in reach and in interaction with, with fans there, how are you you both trying to improve your, your social media reach with the comics that you created? Uh Personally, um, we, we kind of have a strategy uh, that, that we've that we've developed for these next couple of years where we're trying to get our our feet back under us. And and one of the things is uh, really to interact with people. You know, uh, me and Steve are, are part of what's being sold um, with Omen Comics and Revelation mm -hmm. Comics. And so, um, you know, having our personality uh, in social media is really important. Um, but but also. Um, one of the things we're we're focusing on uh, is is really to get people interested in the books that are already out. You know, most of the time we're we're pushing our, our, the next book coming out, and and we haven't been we haven't really delved a whole lot into uh, uh, really getting people interested in you know the the. 11 books we got already <laughs> so you know uh, that that's that's one that's one big thing uh we've been focusing on uh with social media in particular uh but really just trying to to build a fan base and to get people interested and we both uh, have um, other podcasts that we do so you know we have omen revelations where you know we do push our own stuff as well but you know a lot of people are going to have to kind of almost look for it because you know if you're interested in it you're going to follow it that, that's kind of the way it is but um, I have other things that I do for Comic Crusaders, other projects, and, um, and I try as much as possible to like slip in a little bit um, about our work here. So um, I do uh, sloppy spoilers with, you know, the, our partners on Red Cross Press, and um, usually they do a pretty good job of plugging us. Um, and then, you know, also I do Cinema Crusaders with uh, many of the same people. So, it, you know, um, so that gives us a bit of a cross section to, to reach for in addition to the other things we do. So then what does a podcast that you guys have created uh, offer and where can we find it too? Because I definitely want to now subscribe to that. 
Yeah, uh, Sloppy Spoilers and uh, Cinema Crusaders are both off the Chronic Crusaders podcast network. Um, and usually I do um, one of them. Us usually Sloppy Spoilers comes on periodic Tuesdays. And then Cinema Crusaders is technically supposed to be most Fridays. Um, but sometimes, you know, things kind of pop up in the middle. But usually it's usually every Friday. And in fact, we're doing for that, uh, we're doing um, basically the uh, Halloween um, madness um, month where we're focusing on uh, Halloween stuff. Mike has been part of that as well. Uh, so we've been covering uh, this, la the other day we covered Psycho, last week we covered uh, Seven, and pre previous to that it was The Exorcist. Right, I'm, I'm actually on, um, uh, I'm, I'm a big horror guy. In fact, uh, because of my writing and stuff I talk about on social media, that's, that's a lot of people tend to know me for that. And um, I'm actually uh, on a, another podcast uh, where we do kind of an in infotainment type of thing with, uh, it's called Countless Corpses Podcast, but we definitely count the bodies. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, uh, we, we, we dig into horror movies and we talk about behind the scenes and making of stuff and all that. Anyway, uh, the that 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 really helps uh with the with the spreading the word uh in particular because you know it gets people uh interested um in in me as a writer uh and and in into horror and stuff like that uh that's important i think that's uh one of the things that's going to draw people into at least my book specifically so then in regards to being being hosts on these particular shows that you're on how are you trying to set yourself apart as creative people on these shows? Um, I think uh, when it comes to sloppy spoilers, um, I'm generally assumed to be like the, I would say the, I wouldn't want to say the fairest, but I would say like the one that um, tends to be most optimistic and among the um, more inclined to give something a chance, whereas the other three um, are very strongly opinionated and will often dig into things a, a little bit more than I will. I'm usually a little bit more laid back in that respect. And I think it kind of sets me apart a bit from, from those guys. Um, and they do, and, and besides, they do that stuff a lot better than me anyway. So I think it kind of works out. For sure, for sure. Um, I, I suppose, I suppose uh, that, I'm not I'm not really sure uh what I do that actually sets me apart from the other groups. Um I tend to be I, I tend to try to be as amicable as possible with people. I don't I don't I don't want to argue uh with stuff. I don't I don't mind having a conversation about something, but uh I I, I don't uh I I definitely don't want to argue with anybody about it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think I think uh, one of the one of the things that uh, I, I really bring uh, to the situation uh, that that I think maybe sets me apart is I know a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and making of mm -hmm. uh, content about things, and um, I can I, it's, that's something I can really bring uh, to the show that uh, that that you know is is different than say just coming on and talking about a movie. You know, I can talk about how it was made and what went into the story and all of that. Nice. It's good stuff. It's always curious to to hear fellow podcasters, you know, talk about their their show and processes and all that other stuff too. So it's good to see. Um let's uh let's dive introspective here. Um like I said earlier, uh, Michael, you've already answered these. So these will be for Steve specifically. Right. And then we'll talk about where we can find you and how we can support to social media wise. So okay. uh awesome. Let's do one last disconnect, reconnect, because there's about 10 minutes and Steve, you might have long answers. So it's all good. Okay, cool. And we'll be right back. All right.
Recording in pro recording stopped. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. We got both here. Okay. Cool. So, introspective time. <laughs> At what point are we good enough? <laughs> um, wow, that's that, that's wow, that is a really tough question. <laughs> yeah, go with the hard one, why don't you? Um, <laughs> here's the here's kind of the problem I had. I think you get you get too satisfied with anything. Um, you start getting complacent, and then you start getting not so good um so my feeling is it's like probably when you retire <laughs> um you know and and i don't feel like either of us are anywhere near close to uh being actually done uh with uh making comics or writing or anything like that so i would just say um i think um yeah i think enough is kind of like a trap and i would try to avoid that at the same time you don't want to beat yourself constantly for like a misplaced comma so I think that there's a reasonable balance between, okay, I can take pride in things that I know have done well for me and that, you know, people seem to like, et cetera. But I think that um, confining yourself with complacency is um, basically the death of creativity. And, and I try to avoid that. Sure. Did you want me to answer that too? If you'd like, sure. Uh, I, I think... I think uh, for me, uh, I wait, I, I read through the comics several times before um, I even turn it over to my editor. And uh, for me, I wait until I'm impressed. I have to look, be able to look at it and say, you know what, I like this, this is good. And until I reach that point, I don't even give it to my editor. Yeah. What was an early experience where you learned that language had power? Hmm. Wow, that's a really tough one. Um, well, I, I think it's always like the first book that really has an impact on you. Um, or at least or at least that, that kind of would be for me. And I think for me, it was reading the Dragonlance Chronicles because um, that was the book that made me finally decide, yeah, I'm going to give this writing thing a chance because um, I, I like what was in that book. Um, I, I liked... Um, I just love the characters in it and I just felt like, okay, I can try to create my own characters and, you know, tell my own story and kind of see where it goes. So I would say, you know, that would definitely be one of those. I, I, I think, I think, uh, the, the, the time I first realized language really had power, uh, was when, um, I tried to imagine, uh, like say, um, a, a noun. Uh, that didn't have some other connotation to it other than just the word or definition itself. Hmm. That's good. I like that. Everyone usually ha asks, what's the wisest piece of advice or what's the you know most bullshit piece of advice that you've ever received? But what is the second wisest piece of advice that you've received that has stuck with you in your career? Hmm. 
Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would probably say, um, you know, do what you love, um, you know, uh, that um, what you, if you do something that you have to be passionate for, um, that's going to sustain you. I mean, really, I'm not in the business of comics, um, you know, for the money. It's really because I love storytelling. And it's because I love creating things and it's because I love sharing these things. I think some things you have to get into it because uh, you have genuine, genuine fire and genuine passion for the material and for the medium and whatnot. And I think with comics, I've always had that. Um, and it's just, and I think so, um, yeah, that, that, that's like a piece of advice that I've kind of seen like a couple of times. My, my grandfather used to say that my job was my hobby. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, that, I would say that's probably why I would go with that. Mm. Did you want to go, Michael? Uh, well, I, I believe I answered that on yeah. the, on the previous uh, okay. episode there, but yeah. um, I mean, I could give it a shot again if you'd like. If you'd like, it's up to you. If not, I can move on to the next question. Um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, and go on to the next question. Okay. I don't think I could give a better answer than I gave the, the first time. That's that is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last four, last five questions. Fifth one's a fun one. Uh, you did answer this one as well, Michael, but maybe you have a different. Uh, different change but okay uh, for the fun one at the end <clears throat> last four questions are for a documentary called little person amongst media giants it's a documentary i've been putting together for the past 13 or so years um it is four questions i wanted to ask stan lee didn't get a chance <laughs> unfortunately but i ask creative and talented people like yourselves <clears throat> okay now this is for you steve everyone has one person that inspired them on their path to where they are today who was that for you? Um, in terms of literary influences, it's without a doubt Chris Claremont. Um, because um, I, I kind of discovered him when I was around eight years old and uh, when I started really getting into Marvel from uh, a little bit of DC. And um, I think his work spoke to me on a level that I don't think too many others ever have uh, before or since. And I think a lot of it was just um, that he had these really fascinating characters um, I feel like he was trying to say something about acceptance. You know, he, he you know, I felt like his characters um, were going through the same kind of experiences, you know, that I understood. And so, um, you know, and I think a lot of that is just um, the outcast nature of the X-Men. It's just such a wide appeal. And so that the way, but the way he did it, I feel like really um, spoke very much uh, to my own experiences. And uh, I think because of that, um, that was one of the main reasons I started getting into writing and also into writing comics specifically. Um, and honestly, like, um, you know, I wrote an entire, uh, I wrote it, I've written an entire like a uh, series of articles about uh, Claremont as a writer. And I think a lot of it is, you know, just me kind of giving back, um, you know, just because I feel like I was inspired um, along this whole path of, from reading that. Um, but beyond that, I would just, you know, beyond that, you, you generally like go with the, the similar answers, you know, you know, my family, um, you know, of course, is always inspirational in various ways and, and, and whatnot. And, and, and there are a lot of people that, you know, you kind of stand on in order to get anywhere. But, um, yeah, I would say in terms of, in terms of creatively, definitely, uh, Claremont. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, Michael. No, sorry. Uh, 
I, I have to say, um, uh, one of my biggest influences, you know, speaking of Stanley was Stanley himself. You know, I looked at, I looked at several publishers and they had these universes full of characters, but, uh, Stanley had a good part in creating a lot of the characters of Marvel. And, um, I really wanted, I wanted to, that to be me at some point. I wanted to be the guy that created a universe of characters. And, uh, that was part of the information, the, the inspiration for even starting, uh, Omen Comics. Good. Sorry, I like that. <laughs> From a professional standpoint, you both are creative and talented people, and you've been creating comics and have done journalism and other works as well, too. So professionally, you're successful in that regard. Don't worry about what Kickstarter says. That, that means nothing. You've created something. That's the main goal. Do you consider yourself personally successful? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Um but not necessarily based on how my business is done, uh, but based on my contentment. I believe that success in life is based on uh, uh, being content with where you're at and what you're doing. And in that respect, um, I'm doing exactly what I love doing. I'm doing what I've always wanted to be doing, and I'm happy doing it regardless of how it turns out. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. Um, I would say creatively, I'm definitely... Um, happy, you know, just getting, just getting book published is an achievement. Um, you know, and I've, I've, I've done several with Mike. Um, I have a short story that came out, uh, last year, a fantasy short story called Blood and Ashes for, um, ASAP, uh, Imagination. I mean, that, that was one I was really proud to get out there. Um, you know, we're both going to be doing, uh, Blood World, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. I know Mike's done some really great stuff with, um, with the one that he's done. And, uh, and I've been starting to see, you know, images back uh, from um, Jeff Bracey, who's our art director, um, for like designs for my characters. And I can't wait to see where that goes. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, as long as you're kind of happy um, with what you're creatively doing. Um, yeah, it's like, are we making tons of money? You know, are we raking, are we raking in the dough and, you know, being at every single con in the world? No, but that doesn't matter. Uh, I think what matters is is the creative process, you know, getting things done and working on projects that satisfy you and make you happy. And I think that we've, we've done that. Yeah. The reverse of success is failure. How do you deal with your failures? It's always like a step back uh, leading to a step forward. I think um, failure is a teaching moment and it is a learning moment. Um, and like, I'm not the biggest fan of The Last Jedi, but I like this line from it. Um, failure, the greatest teacher is. And that's true, <laughs> you know, because you have to learn um, from where something didn't work in order to do better. And I feel like uh, with the Kickstarters, for example, um, we've been we may not have like um, been having hugely successful Kickstarter campaigns, but I think that the results that we have been getting on the last couple of them have been better than the ones that which we started and we started making mistakes on it. So I feel like um, as long as you're kind of learning and growing you know, eventually you're going to get to the point where it will work. And, and that I think is, is, is the important thing. Definitely. I think uh, I, I want to say, uh, just building off of what you said there, Steve, you know, uh, experience is the hardest teacher. First comes the test and then comes the lesson. But uh, I think I think that you, you I mean, we've really been able to take uh, uh, the times that the times that we have failed. Uh, and I think we've been able to come back uh, from it. I think that we've been able to to, to really keep fighting. In, in my opinion, as long as I have, I like to say, left it all in the ring. I, I'm all all right with failing 
second last question. <clears throat> yeah, I'll just add one more thing, sure. and that is um, a line from John Luke Picard. It is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. So, you know, sometimes failure is completely, you know, not necessarily within your control. And in those cases, you just, you know, kind of grin it, you know, bear it and kind of move on with it. Nice. And bonus points for the Picard quote. <laughs> if I were to keep score of that stuff, I don't know. I'd have to figure that out. I don't have that much time. <laughs> but it was a good quote. <laughs> Second last question. <clears throat> The younger generation is looking at your work and they becoming inspired to be creative in their own way, whether it's as a comic writer or a creative person in some way, shape or form, or maybe something else entirely creative that maybe they don't know about just yet. How can they inspire the generation that follows them? Um, I would say by doing the best work they can, putting it out there, you know, trying to show how it can be done. Uh, putting an honest commitment into the work, treating people well. I mean, and just, you know, trying, you know, just trying to be a good person. I think that in itself, you know, can be very inspiring. Um, so I would say as long as they're like, um, you know, putting their most into the ring and, you know, trying to do it ethically and um, in just the best way they possibly can, I think that, you know, that's really the best that they can do. Last question is this, and this is the fun one. If your life was a comic book or a movie, what would its title be? And what would its soundtrack be? Hmm. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, yeah, my, I don't know. I don't feel like my life would be that interesting of a comic. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I don't know. Slouching into mundanity. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I don't, uh, so, and you're, and you're asking like, who would be directing it or? No, no. What, what soundtrack would you like with Oh, it? what soundtrack for it? Um, ah, oh, jeez. Um, I, I, yeah, I tend to like, um, video game soundtracks. So, um, I would probably go for like, um, maybe like the Final Fantasy, oh, yeah. uh, seven or eight soundtrack by, um, Nobuo Uematsu. Yep. I, I can get behind that. <laughs> Especially Seth and Roth's uh, anthem that comes in, you know, as, as Monday approaches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about you, Michael, if you want um, I suppose uh, I would call it no dead ends. Um, you know, I, I've learned I've learned in this process that, um, you know, I, I have come up with like four or five absolutely perfect business plans and they have all failed and I've had to come up with something else. Um, you know, but the, the, the point is that all those dead ends I reached were not actually dead ends. They were just a different place to turn. So, I mean, I, I suppose, I suppose I would say that, I mean, I've, I have tried and I have tried uh, many things in my life. Uh, I, I, I tried, uh, I tried getting into mixed martial arts. I tried football. I tried playing in a band. Uh, I did, I did lots of different stuff. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I think, I think really that, that uh, no dead ends thing really defines it. As far as soundtracks go, I'm going to say you're probably going to have to go with eighties hair metal or something. Yeah. <laughs> so we got one under the spectrum of hair metal to awesome video game soundtrack music. I, I, <laughs> this, this was a win of a question. I like that. <laughs> well, I do hate to say it, Steve and Michael, but that ends this particular episode of two geeks talking. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh man. Yeah, I was glad to be here. Glad, glad to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun.
<laughs> for those that want to support you and of course find omen comics and of course revelation comics and everything else that you've created where can we find you and how can we support you online uh, you can you can support uh omen comics revelation comics and omen revelations podcast um at uh, patreon slash omen comics um we got all kinds of tiers there uh we're offering all kinds of you get inside information early access to episodes uh patreon exclusive episodes uh insider videos uh you're guaranteed to get uh all of our comics in both digital and physical format even if they're not successful uh it's really a great place to do it uh as far as finding us uh we're on twitter at uh comics omen and on facebook at uh omen comics yeah yeah, for me on Twitter, it's uh, Shadewing, um, at Shadewing, it's uh, one word, and then uh, Omen, Re and then uh, Revelation Comic, um, one word as well. Um, and I'll also point out, uh, since we didn't mention it, uh, we also have the Fellowship of the D20, which is our uh, D&D group. Um, basically, it's uh, the two of us, um, Nemesis from uh, Rain Cross Press, and, um, you know, our friend uh, Greg Greenland, and then... Um, or DM Neff and uh, Freak Girl, uh, who, uh, who who helps him out. Yeah, D &D. good stuff. We'll have to we'll have to talk some D and D uh, on future interviews then as well too. It's something I'm interested in, but I've never done myself, so uh, I don't know if that reduces my geek cred or not. But whatever. <laughs> hey, you're a geek in my book, man. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the title. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just branding is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, that ends this particular episode of Two Geeks Talking. You'd, of course, find this interview and a thousand plus others on our website, tgtmedia.com or twogeekstalking.com. That's the word two, not the number two. And of course, on our YouTube channel, which is a lot more updated than our website, which is youtube.com forward slash c forward slash tgtmedia and our Patreon, which... I'm still working on updating, so bear with me, which is patreon.com forward slash TGT media. And as I say every week, everyone has a story to tell. It's up to me to help bring that out. Thanks for listening and watching on Two Geeks Talking. All right. Uh, I got two things for you. This is the introduction. Uh, oops. That's not the introduction to the interview, which is just, you know, I insert name here, but I have a, a, a copy and paste thing, a template for you guys to say. Throw this into the chat. So literally it's just high insert name here, creator, writer of insert your comics, uh, insert any social media. And then the final thing you say is you're watching two geeks talking. So I don't know who wants to go first with that. I'll go first. All right. In three, two, one. Hi, my name is Michael Nunley. I am the founder of Omen Comics and the co-founder of Revelation Comics. I write Omen, uh, Gallowsman, uh, Dragon Girl, Albina Warrior, Dark Oracles, and uh, Seder for Revelation Comics. Uh, you can find us uh, at, at uh, Comics Omen, and you can find us at Revelation uh, Comic, and um, you can find us at, on uh, Patreon at Omen Comics. You're watching Two Geeks Talking. Oh, and you're watching Two Geeks Talking, my bad. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> Steve. Hi, I'm Steve Sellers. Uh, I'm the uh, writer and creator of Blitz. Um, I'm also the uh, co-creator of uh, White Road and Michael Nero, as well as Guardians of the Lame. And uh, yeah, and you can uh, find me at uh, Shadewing and at Revelation Comic uh, on Twitter. And you're watching Two Geeks Talking. Oh.
Let me redo that. <laughs> and you're watching right. two geeks talking. <laughs> Sorry, say, say that one more time. I'll catch up. Uh, and you're watching two geeks talking. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Um, my schedule is booked for Fridays to release this as of right now. So it would probably be released in January 2023. Okay. Okay. If that's okay. If not, I can fit this in somewhere else. Possibly it depends on if you have like something ongoing or if you have something releasing. No, that no, that totally works. Um, one of the reasons we wanted to go on the show was, as we talked about, we're trying to build an audience. So, you know, we, we just want to get the word out. So it coming right. out in January or, or any other time would work. Uh, it accomplishes the same thing. Okay. Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. All right, good to know. I just wanted to make sure that you at least showcased on a right. Friday, you know. When yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no problem. You sh now, Michael, you'll probably receive this link, but it's it's basically the same thing about the last four questions. If you want to forward that on to Steve as well, or if you both have okay. the same email, um, I, it, because it's a company email, I, I can't recall what email is attached to it. Uh, but it's basically four questions that asks, um, you know, how would you like the last questions, et cetera, you know, as well as the calendar links for the long format and the rapid fire short format which is mainly for Kickstarter campaigns or, or crowdfunding campaigns specifically, what? like what you did last time, uh, Michael. And, um, and yeah, so you can share those links with whoever you feel would fit this type of format of an interview, either the long format or the short form. Okay. I can do that. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys so much. I greatly appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend, Just, you know, Step outside in this beautiful weather if you have it and uh, have a coffee for me because I need a second one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, if you're if you're if you're down for it, uh, we're yeah. actually the Fellowship of the D20, our D&D &D group is actually playing today. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so it'll yes. be on YouTube and on, and on Twitter. I, I yeah, we usually start around seven Eastern. Uh, I have an inter interview that was previously scheduled at 11 to uh, at seven o'clock tonight Eastern. Uh -huh. So I can't make it, but. Um, you can you can always watch it on a rewatch. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Um, yeah. We're on YouTube. It's a, yeah, you'll see you can find it. Fellowship of the D twenty said right. Yep. Okay. Cool. And yes, I'm a huge Tolkien fan, and that's why I named it that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> not not faulting you. That's a really cool name. I do like it. So. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Have a great weekend, you guys. You too. Yeah. Thanks see, again. See you around. See you. Mm -hmm.